0: Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex, weekday afternoons on
1: The Horn.
2: Welcome to the Sports Complex on a Monday afternoon. Texas gets a big win over Baylor this weekend. We'll get into all of that. Texas breakdown. Some audio from Sark today at his press conference. The Texans get a win. Cowboys do not. We get into all of that and more NFL. More college football. Little MLB if we get some time. We have some magic numbers now. The Astros is not a good number. Couldn't make any room on it this weekend. Uh, this weekend we'll get to all of that on the show of course your text 512-337-3776 512-337-3776 is the text line you guys drive the show you know what i might open the phone line later we'll see we will see if we open up the phone lines If you all got some good takes on uh on texas on the cowboys on the texans and you know any of the good football that happened this weekend to monday get some reactions from you guys on a monday i love to do it of course Wild we'll Patrick's Big Fat Poll coming up as well and we'll get you chime in on the on the text line 512-337-3776 send us in your reactions your takes from a weekend of football here on on a Monday afternoon here on the horn on the sports complex uh, let's get into some talk about Texas and Baylor. Texas wins 38 to 6. Uh it was the type of game you wanted to see defensively. You saw a couple, you know, a few plays that didn't go the way you wanted, but overall, you didn't allow you didn't allow a huge dagger against you. You didn't you didn't ever let it get out of control. You allowed two field goals, so you feel okay there. The number thirty eight, you did. You finally had a first half that looked pretty good. You know, you could have had a little bit better of a second half. Uh, that third quarter still seems to be somewhat of a problem coming out at halftime. Uh, the energy, of course, when you're winning, it's harder to have that massive energy in the fourth quarter. So there were a few things you could look at and say wasn't you know the perfect game. You didn't win 70-0, to but 38-6 to is a pretty good score. I think most of us are pretty happy with the 38-6. Queen Ewers looked pretty good in this game. Uh, the offense was rolling, uh, both running the ball and passing. We got to see a little bit more of a different things. The one big factor that everybody can take away as special teams is the two muff punts. That this game is very different without two muff punts because you basically gave them the ball you know, and really good field position twice in this game. Uh, So things could change very much there. But let's start out uh, going over to some audio that uh, Coach Shark had this morning, talking to the media at his uh, weekly Monday presser. And uh, let's get his opening thoughts uh, from the presser today about the Baylor game and uh, how he felt about the performance and, and, you know, special teams too.
3: Okay, so um, just to recap the – the last ball game quickly after watching the tape. You know, I was really proud of our guys in a a couple areas. You know, one was our ability to play complimentary football. Um, You know, you you think about, you know, we get a stop, we get a big punt return, two plays later, touchdown. Um, We're in the low red, fourth down. Jalen Ford gets an interception. Didn't love him bringing it out, but we get the ball on the five, and then the offense goes 95 yards for a touchdown. Um, We muff a punt. Sudden change. Our defense is able to take the field, put the fire out, uh, and not not give momentum back to them. So, from a complimentary football standpoint, I think that uh, you know really stood out to me. Yeah, I think an area where we need to improve. I think we we can be much better on special teams. I know it wasn't. You know glaring outside of you know we see the two muff punts but it was other things beyond that and we've got a very high standard here on special teams so uh that'll be a point of emphasis of ours uh this week to make sure we get back to playing the standard on on special teams that we're capable of um you know just some things i'm proud of the guys now through four games you know we're we're one of you know one of the least penalized teams in the country right now we're playing really disciplined football um I, I love the fact that we're, you know, for the most part, taking care of the ball. You know, those are two odd turnovers last week coming off those punts. But what Quinn's doing, taking care of the ball, our ability to create interceptions on defense, uh, I think has been a huge factor. And I, and I love what, what our defense is doing, obviously, in the red zone. Um, you know, I think we're one of the top, if not the top, red zone defensive team right now defending the end zone. And then obviously what they're doing on third down and on fourth down, I think we're all Really cool things that sometimes are are hidden numbers in the game. You know that that you don't always see in the stat line, but in the end, that changes field position, that changes momentum. So,
2: yeah, it's a it was a pretty balanced all around performance from this Texas team, minus special teams. And we'll play clips. We'll play some clips about special teams in a minute because that is the one glaring thing you can say cost this Texas team this week, and you know they still win thirty eight to six. But if we look at how they were able to use Quinn Ewers and you know they were able to get enough protection up front. I thought they, you know, there was some play calling on that first drive. I wasn't a huge fan of. Uh, you know, I talked about this in the pregame with Rod that you you don't want to against a Baylor team. You have to know what your opponent is, and with the Baylor team, you can kind of impose your will because the Dave Aranda defense is going to be built more about speed than size. And when you have big humans that are also pretty fast then you can basically block up the middle and just run the ball up the middle, run around, you can run around tackle and stuff like that, but you don't necessarily want to be trying to set up screens on the outside because those take a little bit to develop, and that D-line and those linebackers would much rather run to the outside and try and beat a lineman or beat a blocker to a spot than they would try and go through a blocker. And so the more you put it to the outside and you make it a race, that's not necessarily the best way to attack that Baylor defense. So I didn't like some of the play calling earlier. I think they kind of fleshed that out and realized that you don't need to do as many of those setup screens. I think you set up the screen somewhat to do that, uh, the double pass, which I know some people are getting mad at him for doing a double pass because he already showed it off and he did it in Alabama. Like he's going to use that a lot, I think. And I'm really curious to see what the end game is with it, to see if he's going to continue to do that. Until he has another trick on top of the double pass where it's something, where it's a, you know, some other type of trick play that he's going to try and run out of it. I don't know. Or if he's just going to keep doing it because no one seems to be guarding it because Xavier Worthy's that much of a threat. So I know that those screens are kind of to set up something else that did work down in the game. But it's still on that defense, it's, you can, you'd rather just run the ball. And if you're going to do a screen, you're going to have to do it uh, a little bit closer to the line to give your lineman a shot to get to those blocks. Uh, instead of so far out on it. But other than that, I thought Sark's play calling was pretty good. It was pretty balanced, get guys out. And and uh, Sark talked about the balanced attack and what he's trying to do of keeping this team. You know, you want to be able to run the ball, but you have to get Quinn Ewers involved. This Texas team we all know is much better when you can get all those weapons and JT Sanders and and Xavier Worthy, and A.D. Mitchell, and and Jordan Whittington. If you can get all those weapons involved in the game, it makes you exponentially better, and so you need Quinn Ewers to be able to do that. You have to get him in rhythm. So even though you could have just kept running the ball on him, you do need that balanced attack. I, I'm a big proponent of running the football. Jonathan Brooks has been doing great. We'll play some sound about Jonathan Brooks, too, because I think he has had a really good three weeks, uh, especially the ending the Alabama game through Wyoming, uh, through th- this Baylor game, I talked early in the season about Jonathan Brooks and wanting him to to establish his his role as the number one running back. He's done that now. Play about that in a minute, but let's talk about the balanced attack that Texas has. Here's Stark talking about the balanced attack and getting Quinn Ewers, getting those players, getting you know similar amounts of targets for different wide receivers, trying to get people involved in having a balanced attack against his Baylor team.
3: Yeah, I mean we we try to we try to be a versatile football team. Um, not, not just on offense. We, we try to do as many things as we can really well. And I, I've said this before the season to the team that we're not one dimensional. And we're going to have the ability this season to, to win games a variety of ways. And early in the year, our ability to, to, to throw the football was very effective. Um, Saturday night, the, our run game really came to life. Really, the last two weeks it has been our run game that has put points on the board defensively, you know, we're very stout against the run, but yet we're not giving up touchdown passes either. And so, um, you know, historically we've been a great block team. So far this season where we're making our hay on on punt return has been with the punt return game at the return. So we're trying to be as versatile as possible uh, so that when people try to prepare for us, they kind of have to pick their poison. And then it's our job as coaches is to highlight you know, the other area, and to make sure that we're equipped enough to take advantage of the opportunities that we have.
2: And that really, the pick your poison is what Texas has been aiming to have and the Sark offense has been aiming for for the last two years. And you thought with Bijan and Roshan, and then you add Quinn Ewers, you have Xavier Worthy. I know Isaiah Neor, who it's, you know, it's unfortunate that he's not been able to really crack the rotation this year. But those, you know, AD Mitchell has been playing really, really good football. I, I do think there is something to be said about that. Pick your poison. That when we talked before the Baylor game, you looked and you said hey, Baylor's not going to be able to stop the run. They're they're just like they can't stop the run. So do they sell out to try and stop the run, knowing that Texas is just going to run all over them? And worst case scenario, Texas wins twenty four to twenty four to six, or twenty one to six because they just kind of run the ball downhill and maybe get a field goal or two more because they, you know they can't get that pass in the red zone. But we know they're going to be able to run. Do you sell out there, or and and try and make Quinn Quinn beat you, and say you know, passing's just you know maybe maybe the passing game will not be there, maybe he won't be. But if Quinn Ewers plays like he did against Baylor, not making mistakes, just making the right plays, getting the ball out, that type of thing, then you have to pick. And what Baylor ended up doing was picking neither and letting both sides beat him. They didn't really have a plan for either thing. I think they were hoping that they could at least stop the pass and then the run would get going. And then they just kind of, you know, devote one more guy to the run and it opened up the passing game. They did get pressure a few times. It looked like there was a few miscommunications. Uh, you know, and that's part of that Dave Aranda defense. They're gonna confuse you at a few points in that game. But overall, the the offensive line did pretty well. Quinn did pretty well of his, uh, of diagnosing what was going to be happening, getting the right plays out there. Sark had a really good game plan going. It was a pretty complete game other than special teams and one of those pieces is Jonathan Brooks. We talked about it before this season over and over again. I drilled home. I wanted to see Jonathan Brooks be the guy because if you 're a third year player and there's a freshman and it's close and Sarks saying it 's close and i don't know and and he'll Steven say in this clip we're going to play that he, he still is looking for a little bit more out of Jonathan Brooks, but you want to go ahead and make that decision for them. And I think in the end of the Alabama game, when C.J. Baxter went down, Jonathan Brooks took over, and he says, okay, that's our guy. And then the Wyoming game, he takes over and he goes, that's our guy. And in this game, not only does he make a bunch of good plays, but there was that pass where it was a little screen pass, and and the defense got in between them, and Quinn just had to loft it up. And even though Jonathan Brooks has dropped two Real, you know, Pretty easy passes for touchdowns. He grabs that one, one-handed, and gets down the sideline. All of those things making Jonathan Brooks. Now, it's not a really as much of a competition. I mean, it still is because C.J. Baxter is going to do some good things this year. He's going to be a good running back for Texas. But I, I think that there's less of a competition of who is the guy right now who has taken the ball and ran with it literally and figuratively. Here's Sark talking about Jonathan Brooks and him his progression this season.
3: Well, I, I, think, I think this for, for Jonathan, you know, I think he got a great experience his first two years here, you know, playing with Bijan and Roshan in, one, the type of teammates that they were, uh, two, the leadership they provided, three, the work ethic that they played with, and then four, the skill set, right? I mean, some of the little nuances that they do when they play, and... Before we even got into the season, you know, Jonathan this year was on our leadership committee um, because he does things the right way. He's got great demeanor about him. He's a a worker. Um, He's a very reliable young man. And in the end, you know, as the season got into the season, we felt like Cedric had earned the opportunity to be the first back out you know things have have shifted some now Jonathan has been the first guy out here for a couple weeks and he's playing really good football for us i mean i thought he set the tone the other night with that long touchdown run and i think he surprised a lot of people i think on our on our guns he was just under 22 miles an hour so he's got more he's got more juice in there that maybe we give him credit for um and, but we definitely know we, we need Cedric back 100% as well, and I think he's close to it. It was good to see him play and get his first touchdown the other night. But that combination of those two guys as we work our way through the season, you know we'll, we'll feel it out as we go. But Jonathan has definitely earned the opportunity to get a bulk of carries. Um, he's, he's doing it at a high level, and now we just got to keep – you know, him mastering the the total package of the complete game. But he's been a threat in the past game, catching the ball out of the backfield. He's ran the ball well, so um, we're, we're definitely lucky to have him.
2: Yeah, and that's where he, you know, he's still, I, I feel like, I don't know if he thinks the blocking's there enough or recognition of the blocks, uh, you know, and knowing where to get through the right guy, which has been a problem for some of the guys. Xavier Worthy actually has been blocking a lot better, which is surprising because of his size, but I think he understands – I think he's talked to enough NFL scouts now, or at least has had, you know, has the people around him that are telling him what the scouting report on him is. And he is really going to change some minds right now with Xavier Worthy. But the Brooks has stepped up and taken that role. I do like this text. Uh, I'm off the terrified fence. I got hope now. Championship is in our ability. We're playing to ourselves as much as the ap- competition, getting up for every game, which is what you need to do in this Baylor game. Not overlooked them. Not diminish that you know they're having a down season. Not not that you have more talent. Not that it's a backup quarterback. Not any of that. You still have to play it up to your level. So you have to be able to have respect for them, but not you know play down. And I, they didn't, especially early. And then a little bit later in the game, I think it was the, they did lose a little bit of focus. But the first time in a long while, I wasn't essing bricks in the fourth quarter, waiting to see how we uh, how we mess it up. Uh, I actually felt confident, which is weird. Not used to this feeling. I I agree. There was. There's this weird thing about Texas this year because, first of all, I don't feel like they're a number three team in the country. I do feel they should be ranked number three. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the ranking is wrong. But for whatever reason, because of the last few years, when people say they're three, I, it just doesn't compute in my head for some reason. I still think, oh, no, they're like a 20 team, you know, and then we'll, we'll you know, later in the season, we can get up there. I, it, it doesn't, I don't know why. I don't know why in my head I can't comprehend that they're the number three team because they are. They beat Alabama handily. They've handled their business as, as much as they needed to this season. And, you know, in some of those games were close for too long, but they've handled everything. Nothing there was no last second field goals this season so far. You know, you've got Kansas this week. It's a big one. You know, the discussion, you know, we'll have a lot more to talk about Kansas than we did with Baylor. Because Baylor this week, you know, trying to, you know, get ready for this game, there wasn't a ton to talk about just because it's not a huge. it was not a huge game. It's big because it started a Big 12 play, but it wasn't. you weren't expecting Baylor to come out. You were worried that Baylor could do something. You didn't expect Baylor. You were worried. And that's why I like that text. It was weird to not feel the worry in the fourth quarter and not feel the worry in the third quarter and in, in the second half of this game. So, you know, I, I agree with you. It, it's a weird feeling this year. This Texas team does feel different. And we're all still pretty guarded. We're drinking the Kool-Aid, but we're pretty guarded. We know where it's been. And this week... The one. Kansas is the one that broke our hearts with Charlie Strong. It broke our heart with the Sark's first year. And it broke some of these players' hearts. And some of the players talked about it too. I know some of you on the text line. 512, 337, 3776. Broke y'all's hearts. I know that. So it's nice to see that Texas seems like they're in a position where now we can start moving forward. That the progress that we want to see, the, the progress we want to see against Wyoming, that wasn't necessarily there. That some of the things, the offensive line play. That Quinn Ewers, all that stuff that we kind of want to see take another step, do it did take a step this week against Baylor. Not the special teams. Let's play a little bit of that and get into special teams. And I'll, I'll actually bring a positive out of the special teams, though. So we'll say we'll play a couple clips. And th- this is the negative. This is on the special teams. So Here's Sark talking about those mistakes and and kind of how they look at it. And he was the first part of this is he was asked, uh, "Will they make a change at?" The returners, because, you know, Xavier dropped one, Jay Witt dropped one. Does that mean someone else is going to be returning punts? He gave a one-word answer no to that. He did not believe that. Here's Stark talking about those special teams' mistakes.
3: Uh, There's nothing for us to tweak. I felt like the biggest thing for us is, and we showed the guys this morning, there was nothing that happened in that game that we weren't prepared for. But for some reason, when we got into the game, we had players not doing what we had exactly practiced you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday for that matter. And so we've got to get back to the same focus that we've touched on on offense and defense we've got to play with on special teams. And a lot of times we have some younger players out there and it's them trusting their training. Um, if, if I'm supposed to be blocking the right guard on on punt return, i got to block the right guard because if I don't, now he's free running down the field. Now he's in the face of the returner. And now maybe that's part of the reason we didn't catch the ball. So everybody's got a responsibility uh, that they need to do. And, and you know, you earn the right to be on that team. Um, but the same way you earned your way on, you can earn your way off if, if we don't fix the issues that we have and and carry over practice to the game. So we just got to trust our training and then apply it on game day.
2: Sarge's a big guy on trust. He wants to trust the players that are out there. And I don't think he – actively called out anybody, but he did kind of put out there a blocking wasn't quite where it was supposed to be on those muff punts. Maybe, you know, Xavier Worthy and Jordan Whittington, when they're watching it in, see something coming at them that's not supposed to be coming and they're trying to process more in their brain because now that what they're supposed to be happening isn't happening and they're processing more. Does it excuse the muff punt? Not at all. Not one bit. But that's where his brain is going, where Sark is talking about Everyone has to be a play a part in it. You can't just completely miss your block and and still you're not somewhat to blame for those muff punts. You need everybody to play at that level. We I've watched every Longhorn game for years, and they finally look like a championship team again from the, the start of the game, like 2005 to 2009. And that's what – the point is they're starting to get there. They're starting to look like those teams, but special teams, man – that's those ones where you just go. I get you, this younger players. I I get that there's some problems that you know maybe you're gonna have a lack of focus and you're playing Baylor and you feel like you have a pretty good game going on and you know you just you block the guy in front of you, and that's it. That's the difference. You block the guy in front of you, but you're supposed to block the guy to your left, and now you block the guy in front of you, and now the guy on your right is supposed to block the guy in front of you, and you you didn't get the right block, and so now everything's messed up, and now a guy gets through. Xavier Worthy, Jordan Whittington sees it, and they muffed a the punt. Again, not an excuse for muffing a punt. Not an excuse at all. You still got to make that catch. It's a fair catch and catch it. They're not allowed to touch you. But I get where Sark is coming from. Those are the things you need to clean up of just everybody realizing, knowing the playbook. I know it's hard to memorize, you know, to to get off everything. Muff three, you're right. Uh, we lost two. We lost two is where I'm going for. Uh, but there was something positive. Well, I'm going to play one positive before we get to the big Fed poll, because there was one positive uh, about the punt return in the special teams, which is Xavier Worthy has shown that he is probably going to break one this year because he has gotten pretty close. So I know the muff one is not good, not good at all. But Xavier Worthy has shown that he can get to those edges, and when the blocking's right, this Texas team – is pretty close to being able to break a few. Here's Sark on Xavier Worthy on his punt returns. I think his
3: confidence is extremely high right now as a return man. You know, he's a, this has been back to back weeks where he's a shoelace tackle away from taking it the distance. Uh, I think he's really committed to understanding the schemes that we're running and how to set up some of the blocks and, and what's happening there. Um, you know, the reality of it is, there's going to be some physical human error involved, like the drop punt the other day. Was it? I'm not trying to make an excuse for the guy. It was a tough kick. The the wind was blowing. It was kind of a knuckleball, sidewinding kick, and he never got his feet underneath him. So we go right back to the fundamentals with him. You gotta you gotta get your feet back underneath you. You gotta center the ball, and then. Catch it so that you can you can get vertical. He he struggled on that return to get his feet underneath him, and I think that that was just a byproduct of he just couldn't quite gauge that ball. But um, I think he's got great confidence, and not only as a returner, I, I just feel like he's playing the game with the utmost confidence at, at receiver. We're doing a lot with him, and I, I'm going to continue to 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 point this out. He's blocking at an extremely high level right now on the perimeter, which. I don't think we could have said that about him his freshman or sophomore year, but he's taken his game to another level. I think the patience he's shown with some of the coverages he's getting, and then seeing other guys make plays, is is something that, that he should be commended for. And um, in the end, he's become a leader. And so when when he makes a mistake like the drop punt, um, you know he owns it. He feels he, <laughs> believe me, he doesn't like it, and he wants to get right back to to getting it fixed.
2: There, Sark, and I look, I get he makes excuses for Xavier Worthy more than probably any other player on this team. Maybe he does it with Quinn, too, but and I get, but this is, but you, I know the reality of it, too, in his mind. He needs Quinn Ewers and Xavier Worthy to go to the NFL, he needs them to get drafted high enough. He needs all of that for recruiting purposes. He needs those guys because he's been selling that bill of goods that I create these types of players, and I did it at Alabama, I did it at USC, I can do it here. At Texas too, so that's I think there's part of it when he's you know making those excuses, it's because those are extensions of him as he sees it. But I agree, I I think that he's made some huge plays. There is some things he needs to focus up on. He just makes a little bit too many uh, silly errors. But that's why you need Xavier Worthy to be good is because the recruiting and like we need Andrew Beck back. I like that on the text line, (laughs) Andrew Beck, the the best fullback returning uh, kickoff returner in the NFL. That play for the Texans. I watched that play like six times in a row when it happened. It was so much fun. Uh, You can join the conversation on our text line, 512-337-3776, 512-337-3776. And that leads us to our big fat poll of the day. Patrick's big fat poll of the day on the horn. You know what the deal is on a Monday? What we're going to ask you, who was your MVP? Who was your MVP against Baylor? Text in the answer. We'll put them up on social media, pull up after the pull-up after the show. Who was your MVP for text against Baylor? It's on the text line, 512-337-3776 is the text line, 512-337-3776. If you wonder why I read it so many times, so I've been told that I read it too fast and no one can write it down and no one can get me text. I've been told that in person, so I tell you a bunch of times. Who's your MVP for text against Baylor? Quinn Ewers had a good game. Went out there, had a good performance. His passer rating was really high. Didn't make mistakes. Did what he needed to do. Didn't get in a bunch of trouble with sacks. Didn't get really did everything he needed to do. Got his got his players involved. He got J T. Sanders involved. Maybe J T. Sanders is the guy over 100 yards receiving. Talked in the pregame about how he needed to kind of step up in this game. We wanted to see him get a little bit better and and get a little bit more involved in this offense. He was able to do it. Is it Jonathan Brooks? Jonathan Brooks having another good rushing game, controlling the controlling the game by getting the time of possession, getting everything he needs. Do we go to the defensive end? We go to the defensive end. We say Jalen Ford has the big interception. Probably shouldn't have pulled it out of the end zone, but he had the big interception. Talked after the game about how the safeties are getting mad at him. Safety said we want more interceptions than you. You can't linebackers can't have more interceptions than safeties. So Jalen Ford, do we give it to Byron Murphy? And, and by proxy, to Tavondre Sweat, who had another big fourth down stop in this game. Uh, that, all, that defensive line killed it. But I'm saying Byron Murphy, two sacks, three tackles for loss. That's a big game for Byron Murphy. And we know what he does on the offensive end, too. Pushing forward, he's gone on both sides. You know, Travis Hunter was out this week, so who's the best two-way player now? Byron Murphy. So, yeah, Byron Murphy, is he, is he your MVP? Set us on the text line, 512-337-3776, and give me your recaps. Tell me what you thought about the game. Are you feeling better now? You feeling okay? You think Texans can go in? You feeling a little bit more confident before we get to Kansas, Oklahoma? You worried, is this a trap game week? We'll play that a little bit later in the week. I'll tell you that. Sark was asked directly, is this a trap game? And he went for it. But I, you tell us what you got on the text line. Who is your MVP? How do you feel about the game? How are you feeling? Are you drinking more Kool-Aid? Are you starting to pan out? Do you realize this is the number three team in the country? Do you feel like Texas is the number three team in the eight people? That they're in the, as the college football playoff happens? They're in it right now? Do you feel good about that? Do you feel where we're at? Or do you, do you think maybe it's a little high? Let me know on the text line. 512-337-3776. We'll talk a little bit more text when we come back. Read some more of your text. Uh, we may try and get into a little NFL. Talk some Cowboys. We'll get into all that. When we come back here on the Horn on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 AM 1260 the Horn app and hornfm.com
0: hey it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels so whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City go Kevin or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the Priceline app today your savings are waiting
2: Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line.
1: Patrick Davis and the sports complex. Weekday afternoons only on the horn.
2: sports complex here on the horn getting you into another week of another weekly music theme here on the sports complex it is national dog week i know they have weird weeks for everything but apparently it's the last week in september is national dog week so we're playing dog songs my dog lou picked the uh picked the theme this week says national dog week time to play for some dogs you know, send me dog pictures on the text line, too. Who doesn't love dog pictures? 512-337-3776. Uh, text line's open. Uh, we're asking you, uh, who is the MVP for you in the Texas game? You know, it could be as easy as Quinn Ewers had a good game. You could go Jonathan Brooks or or JT Sanders, one of your offensive leaders. You go defensive. Jalen Ford, big interception, led the team in tackles. Byron Murphy had two sacks and a tackle for loss. Added on to that one as well, a really good game. Tavondre Sweat actually made some big plays as well. That interior D line did such a great job in this game, so it could have been any of that. Uh, one thing that you could say on the other end is so we're going to take all those texts. We're going to start. We're going to get your reactions here in a little bit. But I want to play a clip uh, for me and Rob B this morning talking about one of the things you could look at at this defense that has been somewhat of an issue, and we knew it was going to be something that Baylor was going to go after. And so it's we're not. It's not surprising, but it is something that they're going to need to shore up, especially against a guy against going into a Kansas game where Jalen Daniels is going to try and throw the ball. We know he's going to run, but it's also about those big pass plays and explosive plays and plays that can kill you and plays that can change the game in a in a second. And I think that's kind of where Texas has to worry about containing the deep ball. Uh, I believe they had a pass for twenty nine yards, thirty nine yards. Someone was a fifty something yard pass that Baylor got off in this game. We knew Sawyer Robinson liked to throw it down deep, but that's you still don't want to see those. So here's Ian Robbie from this morning talking about uh, Texas and you know a little bit of worry about the deep ball. So we can say all of our MVP votes we're putting up there, who you guys got for MVP, for Quinn, if it's on offense. But on defense, it's going to be that interior D-line, a lot more than that secondary. Here's uh, here's Ian Robbie from this morning talking about containing the deep ball.
0: But can I play a piece from Steve Sarkeesian, his team, Uh, really handled their business. That was a mature win for them, right? Went in, dominated lines of scrimmage, again, didn't turn the football over outside of these special teams' gaffes. The offense didn't turn it over. Quinn Ewers isn't throwing interceptions. He's been outstanding. Showed some athleticism with the running touchdown. Um, Jonathan Brooks continues his ascent Mm -hmm. to the RB1 status for Texas. C.J. Baxter's healthy, and he had a touchdown. Um, you know, they got to figure out who's going to catch punts for them and make sure they secure the punt. That's a problem, but everything else looked pretty darn good here. Sark after the win on, uh, you know, where this thing is headed, where it is, and where it's going.
3: Well, I just, I think we're pretty good. You know, um, you know, it's been three years in the making of, you know, putting a, putting a staff together, putting a scheme together, making adjustments to that scheme from year one to year two, now year two to year three, I think we've added depth to that to that roster on the defensive side of the ball uh, on all three levels at the at the d line at the linebacker and then in the secondary um, I think we have really good veteran leadership on defense um, from front to back um, and then now what, what comes with that is confidence you know our offense and defense we, we do a lot of good on good and they have to defend us too every day in practice and throughout training camp and I you know, there probably wasn't many days when I went into a press conference in training camp and I didn't say our defense had a really good day today, that our front had a really good day today. So um, they're pretty good, and I think we can be better. That's the beauty of it. You know, we gave up a couple deep balls tonight that, that we knew was, was a point of emphasis, so we, we got to get that cleaned up. Uh, but I, I did love their resiliency, uh, especially in the low red and getting those stops tonight.
0: All right. Yeah. Uh, Three year build on the defensive side with the same coaching staff is starting to pl- pay dividends and got to figure out those deep balls, uh, Rod. I mean, you know, Ryan Watts <laughs> got beaten over the top. There. It does feel like te- teams are targeting their safeties and coverage. Yeah. Uh, and we saw Derek Williams. They call him the Raptor, the freshman from Louisiana. He was playing more as the game went on.
1: I believe pro football focus had Derek Williams with the most snaps at safety. Uh, that's pro football focus. I didn't try it myself, but. Yeah, that says that 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 tells you that the Texas uh, defensive coordinator or defensive coaches are thinking about mm, maybe, you know, rotating some of those younger guys in in more, I would say, early, early uh, stages of the game to try, like you said, to offset what teams may be trying to exploit, which is the lack of speed. And the lack of coverage skills at safety.
2: Yeah, well, well let's we still get, we see Michael Taft every week, or at least two possessions. Yeah, no, no, they That's love weird. Taft. But it, yeah, but, but you th- can, that the speed isn't there with him. Yeah, and when we saw them target him yes. on uh, one of his main positions. Like, they threw the two D balls. Yeah. I think two out of three plays. Yeah, on that, on that drive, it's pretty
1: obvious that. And it's this thing I I think. You know, Texas is fine. I'm not. We're being nitpicky here. But I do think because think about this is a couple of things that stood out in that Baylor game. Right. Number one, they took Day Barron off the field when they go 40 personnel, when they're dealing with heavy personnel, 12 or 21 personnel, which is one back, two tight ends or two back, one tight ends. So if you're Texas, if you're a team going up against Texas, you know how to take one of their best players off the field immediately. It's pretty easy. Go heavy. Right, Jay go, go with a heavy no, set I, and you'll take Jay Barron off the field. Now, what I would do if I was PK is I would just move Jay Barron to safety or corner because he's better than all your other DBs. Why take him off the field just because you're going up against heavy personnel and he's at nickel? Put him at safety and put him at corner because that would be, in my opinion, tactically a better adjustment because they're they're trying to take your best player, one of your best players off the field and attack linebackers and safeties in coverage with running backs and tight ends. I think that's gonna happen in the Kansas game and when they keep rotating safeties, they're going to be automatic audibles and checks by the Kansas offense that when Taff is in there, that we know we can go after them and we can go after certain safeties. Cause we'll stay away from Catalan. We may even stay away from Jaron Thompson, but we know we have a matchup advantage going up against some of those other guys. So you may see that in this game and Yep, you're going to see them attack Ryan Watts on the D-ball. Why wouldn't you?
0: Yeah, Cause. well, I mean, that's the thing. And now, I mean, we just had played a team in Baylor who couldn't attack you. Didn't I? But didn't, and we said this last week. They didn't have a strength on offense, especially with their backup quarterback and without their best running back, mm-hmm. Dominic Richardson. And their, their offensive line was no match for Texas. That was clear. Kansas. Is a ranked team now? They're four and zero, and they've got you know three different receivers that are over 170 yards already this year. They've yep. got uh, quarterbacks. They can attack your weakness, and they can attack that and set up you know. And as you talk about formationally uh, with their head coach Lance Lightpole, they will attack your safeties. And mm-hmm. you know you can play you can play great everywhere else, but if they protect and they get the covers they want, we saw it against Alabama. We saw it with uh, with uh, you know Baylor this week that they and that was Wyoming the, did.
1: It. In Wyoming went after them we a little bit.
0: They did. Yeah. Uh, so I, I love your point about, I mean, as I said, when I was doing the Inside Texas watch with us, uh, as as always. And thanks to everybody that tuned Great in. Great job. That. Thank you. You joined me for the entire second quarter, which is a lot of fun to talk about the game with you as it's happening, which you can watch on YouTube, on Texas Football Channel for Inside Texas. Um, I said, you know, Rob, there's no way that you're a better team or defense with Jadé Barron on the sidelines. No right?
1: way. <laughs> it's just, no.
0: But that's not possible. He's one of your three best defensive players. <laughs> and just because he's not a linebacker and they're going heavy, I understand it. I mean, it's a, oh, it's yeah. a conundrum, but at the same sense. time, if you're, if you're an opposing team, you're like, hey, look, we can... Go two tight ends and we're gonna get Jade Barron off the field. Yeah, right. That's
1: great. That's a that's a win right there. <laughs> and my thing was it's simple. You know, Ryan Watts, I'm not saying Ryan Watts is a liability, but if te- teams are picking on him, then take Ryan Watts out and just put Jade bear in that corner.
0: Well let's hear Sark. He was asked about rotating guys on defense, and Sark believes it keeps his team pressure and does. they've got good players here. Sark on that belief. And will it continue?
1: We
3: rotated a lot of guys tonight on defense again. And uh You know that's a that's a credit to the defensive staff of getting all those guys ready. Uh, The defensive front, you know, most notably, but shoot, you know, there was David Benda played well to go along with Anthony Hill had a really good game. Um, Derek Williams was in there, you know, had a had a couple really nice third down stops. And so, um, playing multiple people is only going to be beneficial for us, not only in game but for the long haul. And so, the fact that we can do that up front. Uh, that that's huge, that our guys can be fresh when they're in there and they can make plays at critical
0: moments. All right, but uh, you know this Kansas team schematically. And as the week goes on, Rod will take a deep dive on the, the, the scheme and how Kansas is just so dynamic with what yeah. they do uh, with their passing game, their running game, um, you know, their formations. And much like Sark, they a lot of motion, and they they, they tax you in every way. And, you know, um, and maybe as talented as an offense. Because I, you know, watching Oklahoma, they're better offensively this year. Mm-hmm. I don't but they're not as dynamic as Kansas, uh, at this point.
1: Isn't that um, crazy to say?
0: I know. <laughs> well, last light done an incredible job. He He's is, done an incredible really job. And that'll be a storyline
2: as the week progresses. There you go. That is some good stuff they're talking about. Texas and a little bit of their issues with stopping those deep passes that could turn out to be, and they weren't this week. Luckily, Baylor, Texas was able to shut them down, and once you get in that red zone, that that kind of is out the window. So it's those plays that, in the Alabama game, were touchdowns. They were able to get the ball a little bit further downfield, and Jalen Daniels is that type of guy who may be able to get you. They have a little bit better athletes at, at Kansas. They may be able to get those touchdowns out of that, and that's kind of in Sark's playbook. That's kind of Sark's handbook. 101 is trying to get a quick score and, and really change momentum in a game, Kansas is going to try and do that. So you're going to have to work this whole week. PK has done a great job this season. A great job this season with the defense. They're playing as well as any third-year third, third year defensive coordinator has been in Texas for a very long time. But you still have to worry about those deep passes. Good stuff there from Hook'em Up with Ian Robbie. Weekday mornings right here on The Horn, 6 to 11 every weekday morning. We're going to take one more break. When we come back, we will get into some of your texts uh, talking about uh, the Patrick Big Fat Poll today. Who was your MVP for Texas versus Baylor? Is it Quinn Ewers, Jonathan Brooks, JT Sanders on the offensive end? Are you going defense? Jalen Ford gets that big interception. Byron Murphy, two sacks, a tackle for a loss. Somebody else. You got somebody else that you think is the, the MVP. Hit us up on the text line. Give us your, your reviews. And, uh, yeah, if you still got dog picks, it is National Dog uh, Week. So if you got dog pics, send them in. I like seeing them. I can't, I can't read them on the air, but I, I can see them. It'll make me happy. Send those in. We're going to come back here. Get to your text on 512-337-3776 is the text line. We'll get to those right here on the Sports Complex on the Horn, 1019 and 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. The
3: Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Ooh.
0: Well, he's not very handsome to look at. Aw, oh, he's shaggy and he eats like a hog. And he's always killing my chickens. That dirty old egg is sucking all.
2: Welcome back to the Sports Complex on a Monday afternoon. Some Johnny Cash there for you. It is National Dog Week, so we're playing dog songs all week long. You can text in your dog pictures, 512-337-3776. We're getting them. I enjoy it. Makes my day better seeing all your dog pictures, 512-337-3776. Go ahead and text in. Who is your MVP for Texas versus Baylor? Have you got any viewpoints you want to share about the Texas game? We're going to get into some NFL in the 6 o'clock hour as well. So if you got some NFL takes, I know Cowboys fans – uh, may not like their quarterback, may not like their coach, may not like some other things. Text in 512-337-3776. Uh, let's get to the text line. Let's get to some of you guys' text. Uh, We asked about the MVP. Uh, we, got, we got a Jonathan Brooks here. It's a good one. Really the entirety of the interior D-line, Byron Murphy. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm putting Byron Murphy just because statistically he had the best game, but that interior D-line uh, kind of just did whatever they wanted in that game, and it was big. Uh, we get was uh at, was Baxter Olympic? Yeah, he has been a little bit banged up, uh, this season. That's why Jonathan Brooks, who originally had not earned the starting job, uh, got in, and I think he finally saw that urgency that he needed to go and take the starting job. He has played really, really well, uh, the last three weeks since that. Uh, since CJ Baxter got beat, uh, kind of beat up a little bit in that Alabama game. You, you know, it's a it's a big difference to go from high school football to playing against Alabama. Uh, and so you know he's just it's taking a little bit of time you know during the season it's hard to recover when you're doing everything especially you know a freshman trying to adapt to to college life all of that can be a lot so he'll be back sooner and I think he you know as far as we know we didn't get another report on it uh, this week but I know that Sark is trying to bring him back and get him more involved uh, in the game uh, Quinn he looked like an absolute rock star out there seemed comfortable and using his head with reading defenses and l o l at Baylor's defense, look Baylor's defense, the players were there. The scheme is still pretty good, but they were able to pick it apart. but I like it. Quinn Ewers did what he needed to do. This was a defense that has given Quinn Ewer's uh problems in the past, so I do appreciate that they were able to uh to show up and play well against and uh Quinn Ewers We yeah, next two weeks will tell us, but as, as of right now, they played a lot tougher competition than Georgia and Michigan. OSU shouldn't be four Florida State is better in the interior defensive line for Murphy and sweat I agree. look I, I, I get that Ohio State being four is kind of crazy after you know barely eking out a win over Notre Dame. Notre Dame was a good team. I think Mo I had Notre Dame winning that game. Uh, I'm not sure if they're number four. They'll get knocked down though. And I think you know that's one of those ones where you know they're playing number two Michigan at some point in the season. Michigan does look really really good. Uh, I, I know they haven't played a big game yet. They will in the Big 12 schedule. Georgia's Georgia. I, I, I'm fine with leaving Georgia up there until someone knocks them off their pedestal. I'm fine with it because I'd want Texas to get that same respect. Uh, I think they should be playing more non-conference games. But, you know, teach their own. You know, give Alabama credit. They scheduled us. Give them some credit. It uh, doesn't feel like we should be number three, maybe 10 to 15 at from believing too soon. That's why I asked, does it feel like they're the number three team in the country? It doesn't, it just doesn't feel like it. I'm, I, I think they should be. I don't know who should be ranked ahead of them. I mean, Oregon's doing well, but I wouldn't put them, you know, I, I think Texas, you played a, you played a hard challenge against Alabama. Alabama gets the win against Ole Miss this weekend. It's not pretty, but they get the win, which means Texas still should be up there. They scheduled a hard non-conference game. They played it. They went into the first Big 12 week and handled business. They should be number three. It just doesn't feel like it for some reason. I don't know. I'm more worried about Kansas than Oklahoma. If Oklahoma plays against Texas the way they played against Kansas, they will get owned in Dallas. Yeah, I, I think Oklahoma has not played. Oklahoma hasn't looked great this year against decent teams, so I think Texas is going to be a question of you know, can this can Texas offense not make mistakes and just kind of move down? If you can run the ball, and Jonathan Brooks is there, C.J. Baxter, I know Sark has been game-planning that one. It's one where any injury, he says, I just want to back for Oklahoma. So I know Kansas is a big game this week. He talked about it not going ahead and, and jumping ahead uh, to a trap game. We don't want to get into that. I get it. But – Uh, Yeah, I I think Kansas is going to be – Jalen Daniels, whenever you have an uh, electrifying player like that, you do have to be a little bit more worried about it. We'll get more into Kansas as the week goes on for sure. It is National Daughters Day as well, so I do appreciate you sitting in the daughters. I can't ask for daughters' pictures. It seems really, really creepy for a 39-year-old man sitting in a room doing a sports show to ask for daughter pictures. I don't need those. The dog pictures I can ask for. The dog pictures I can ask for. But you do have beautiful young daughters and some beautiful dogs there as well. I uh, love the pictures coming in. Uh, some cute dogs coming in on the text line. Just making me happy. I appreciate appreciate the dog. Uh, the whole D-line was MVP. I'm good with giving it to Murphy if we have to choose one. Murphy's just the guy who had the two sacks, so it kind of puts him up there. He had the most tackles from the D-line, I believe. Uh, Jalen Ford had the most tackles in the game, but on the D-line, I'll, I, Byron Murphy had two. He had two sacks and a tackle for loss. That's That's... For a Texas team that, you know, there were seasons where we didn't have a two, three sack guy, like for a whole season, we were not getting any coverage. It's great to see somebody get two in a game. So I, I appreciate that. Man, these dog pictures are making me happy on a, on a Monday. You know, you get this case of the Mondays and then you get the d lanes, <laughs> Brother, it's hard to be a Cowboys fan. Cowboy getting a Cowboy every year. Yeah, we're going to get into the Cowboys. I want to hear more from you Cowboys fans too. I want to hear, hear rational Cowboys fans discussion. We come back. We're gonna take a break. When we come back. We'll get more text messages. 512-337-3776. We will uh, we will talk some NFL. I'll get into my viewpoints of the Cowboys, where they're at. I'd love to hear yours. I would love to hear if you are officially on the if you're still on the DAC thing or maybe this is this is more systematic than Dak. And and you know what? And if you're gonna tell me Dak is bad. I want you to give me a realistic quarterback. And when I say realistic, Gardner Minshew is not realistic. Cooper Rush is not realistic. Those are not guys that are going to win you a Super Bowl. I want a, a quarterback that you feel could win you a Super Bowl. Because I know you can say Dak's not there and the money and all that, but you, I want you tell me who you're going to get. Tell me who you can trade for. Is it, are you ready to move to Trey Lance already? Tell me. If you don't like Dak, I want to hear a solution. Solutions oriented on the sports complex. I love it though. You guys are killing on the text line. 512-337-3776. Text that in. Uh keep sending in your MVPs from the game. Takeaways from Texas. Takeaways from the Cowboys. If you're a Texans fan, just come celebrate. We're going to be celebrating Andrew, Beck, Tuck, and the NFL. Any other takes you got on sports from the weekend, hit us at 512-337-3776. We'll be right back on the hour two of the sports complex here on a Monday on the Horn 1019 and sixty. the Horn app and the Hornfm.com.